you have no friends. Nobody likes you. I'm not listening. Well then, listen to Southbound Saturday Night. Exterminate. Computer status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Wrong! And why is tonight special? Three reasons and three reasons only. Reason number one, it's Supermoon Night, which if anyone knows anything, means absolutely nothing. And second, it's the state of winter, which means absolutely everything. And thirdly, it's TalkCast 76 here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night, deep in Area 51 at the sub 14 numerology lab and astrology food court. I am the dome. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth, the young lady who went caught simply said, I was just reading the bumps on her head, honestly. Welcome, <laughs> Kriana. There's nothing illegal about that. You can't prove it. Joining <laughs> us tonight from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire. He thought he was reading the I Ching. In fact, he was attempting to read a braille copy of Playboy whilst blindfolded. It's Illustrator X. <laughs> Coming out of your computer and into your hearts, even though you took out that restraining order. And she reads tea leaves, but most of the readings begin with, you're undead, what's to worry? It's the dead redhead. <laughs> I'm still trying to get rid of the damn leprechauns in the house. <laughs> <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, the actual Miss Cleo of 900 number fame... <laughs> It's Awake by Java. Oh, honey, your dick gonna be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest tonight is gifted artist, good friend of the show, fan favorite, the inimitable Peter Vinton Jr. Peter, how are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on this evening. It's a pleasure, as always. We love having you with us. And we do have another special guest with us tonight, don't we, Kriana? We may. We may. Oh my Do we still? I'm still here. He is still there. Is my favorite robot. <laughs> it's one of our new columnists here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night, affectionately known as Ardeniel Oliva. And disaffectionately Ar known as Ted Bronson. Or Ted Bronson. <laughs> so what shall we call him tonight? Anything but late to dinner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no, whoever has a sound like that, send it to me because that was not the soundboard. <laughs> that was Illustrator X, and I really don't all ever want to hear him do that again. <laughs> Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> And the reason we asked our Daniel Oliva on tonight is to just kind of take a few minutes and uh, let him talk a little bit about his background and uh, some of the kind of really cool stuff he's been writing for us the past couple of weeks. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, what you do, and uh, what's going on. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm your second scientist, at least. 
on the show. I'm a physicist by education. Um, yay! Have basically done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I said yay, come on! Okay, fine. Scientists, okay, hang on, hang on. There is a sound for this, and you know what it is? Go ahead. Actually, through the miracle of science, that can be arranged. <laughs> Okay. Let's see, a little background. I, um, I'm actually probably up around your age, Dome, so... Uh, oh, good lord. Then you'll be pontificating wow. for any moment. No, right? no, you can't... You, no, what? really? What? <laughs> what was it like when they invented science? <laughs> when they invented science, that was me. What? <laughs> How did, how did you get Gilligan and the rest of the cast off the island? <laughs> <laughs> I brought the island to us. Oh, wow. that's thinking outside the hexagon. So what about uh, my Saturday night? Thank you very much. And and you know, it was actually one of your um, early your guests from last fall that brought me on here. Let me guess, Harlan. No. Oh. Huh. Uh, Samantha Boyette. Oh. Speaking of uh, Samantha Boyette, Samantha, if you're listening, I owe you an email, and I sincerely apologize for keeping forgetting to do that. I'm running it down right now. <laughs> I've known Samantha for a while, and um, I've actually had the honor of being able to look at some of her writing before anybody else has. So Jealous. She told me she was going to be on, so I listened, and um, I've stayed ever since. The rest, as they say, is history. Is history. This case, history, but whatever. Although, you know, it doesn't really help us when we keep turning our, like, one listener into staff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know what else is history? I always thought the expression was, and the rest is alternate history. (laughs) Oh! Zing! Well, in an alternate history, we wouldn't have to say goodbye to Michael Goh. Oh, oh there he goes, the girl. king of segue. <laughs> I think I, I need a segue sound effect. Like, every time Java does a segue. You know, we, we, you know, need, we need one of those little harp things going. Um, wait, here here we go. How about, um, no, Adam West is too long. <laughs> well, but it would be appropriate because Michael Goh was Batman's butler, Alfred, in the original Batman series, as well as oh. He did something besides Doctor Who? Oh, yeah. hush you. <laughs> now, let's, let's say that's the original Batman movie. That's it. Sorry. No. 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 Batman movies. Right. He was in the he was in the Tim Burton Batman movies as opposed that's to right. my right. favorite, the 60s TV show. Let's oh, sure. I'm sorry. My memory doesn't go back that far. Oh, oh. snap. Wow. Okay. That's a record okay. you've been listening to. Yeah. You know what? We, we are suffering from rampant ageism here, and I, for That's one, right. not put That's up for this. Right. You know, simply because you lack the ability to see past the hilltop. Well, oh, since you seem to lack the wit to make fun of us because we're young, we just have to keep making fun of us because of you because you're old. Well, I, I may not have the ability to see past the hilltop, um, but I do have the ability to see past the hilltops in the new Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 
segue noise now. Before, before, Hello! Before we dive into those hilltops... <laughs> Face first! Give the man at least a little dignity. But, no, Adrian... In all seriousness, Michael Gao is... I mean, for a lot of us classic sci-fi fans... We'll classic always Red Old. Shut one of the great <laughs> villains of the William Hartnell Doctor Who era, the Celestial yep. Toy Make. He was also a Time Lord in the uh, Peter Davidson, the Fifth Doctor era, on in Arc of Infinity, which reintroduced Omega to uh, the Fifth Doctor. And he just did a great job. He's, cons- I mean, considering that only one half-hour episode of the Celestial Toy Maker storyline ex- still exists. It's considered one of the definitive stories of the Hartnell era. It's still why is that, by the way? Do you know that? What? Do we know why there's only that one episode? That because the BBC sucks at preserving things. Really? Right. Because back in the day, the BBC was like in the seventies. They threw out all of their tapes. Yeah. Wow. Because they're dumbasses. And I will say this: as as a person who has gone on record as saying that William Hartnell sucks as the Doctor. that was one of the episodes that I actually enjoyed because it was wow. it, it was a fully realized story. Um, and apart from the doctor, who still sucked, um, <laughs> the story... Oh, this hurts wow. me a little inside. Holy crap! <laughs> the story of the Celestial Toymaker was excellent and interesting and thought-provoking. And I thought that it was, uh, it's unfortunate that we lost that. Um, it is indeed. Uh, in fact, that was one of the first attempts of the writers at the, at the era to actually give the Doctor a recurring uh, regular nemesis. Uh, you know, long, long before the days of the Master or anything like that, uh, uh, Mr. Ghost's portrayal, it was intended he was uh, always returned every once in a while to bedevil uh, the Doctor. That's right, Peter. You're a Hoovian as well, aren't you? Uh, I've been been so since 1978. Yeah, I, I, I really, right. you know, I, I, I just got a life about a couple of years ago. So yeah. <laughs> but nice. um, it, you know, oh. it is it is a a a sad day when we lose a member of the the acting community as mm. as pivotal as that as Michael Gow was. I mean. He had small parts, but he had a real impact on at least two of the major franchises that we respect. Yeah. Small parts, but not a small actor. That's Absolutely what you're trying to not. say, right, Devin? <laughs> <laughs> but but when it comes to small actors, it's definitely not. Uh, that's definitely not an adjective that can be applied to the bustier of the new Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered how you were going to segue into that. Everybody who reads the tweets knows, or or so forth knows how I feel about the whole new Wonder Woman series. You love it, right? I, uh, <laughs> I I looked at the outfit. I can live with the outfit, although I do have to agree with some of the content, uh, the uh, comments on the site that it does look like something you could get at your local costume store. Yeah. That's true. And they're not the first person who have said that. But, um, Dome, do you, do you still have that, that clip of Dead Redhead going, I had hopes! And they were dashed! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just precious whenever we talk yeah. about Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty much right. You know, um, 
Wonder Woman has gone through some amazingly ridiculous transformations uh, over the past. That's because she's an amazingly ridiculous character. But hot, and, and that's all that matters. I disagree. Um, that she's I hot, do, or that that's all that matters. No, I disagree that she's an amazingly ridiculous character. Oh, okay. You know, okay. she was the Betty Page of the comic world for years. <laughs> she was. She absolutely was. Um, Betty. God bless George Perez and yeah. what he did for Wonder Woman. Yeah, because up until yeah, then, absolutely. everyone else got a hold of her. Hey! <laughs> oh, you're going down, X. Well, that was what she... I mean, any Wonder Woman story from, like, the first 20 years of her comic, it's like, I wonder what's going to happen today when I go out the door. I'm going to get tied up again. <laughs> all right, all right, hang on just a second. Because in the chat room, Maynard Winter has just signed on, and we kind of have to prove to him that this is real. You you want to say hi? Hi, Maynard. And and, and <laughs> Ted Bronson in the chat room is also say hello. Hey, hello, Maynard. Hello. Hi. Ha! Now we've proved it. Okay, sorry. Resume. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, speaking of bustiers. <laughs> Two, count them, two girls. <laughs> Don't go to Shia LaBeouf, whatever you're doing. <laughs> 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 Was that a segue? And see. Oh my. It's not, <laughs> it wasn't a segue. I'm, I'm still talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, it's not a good costume. Why? But What's not good about that costume? Except for um, her lady parts might get a little sweaty. <laughs> I'm just worried about infections is all. What? Any, I am worried about the world supply us. of talcum powder. Because <laughs> there will be a, sh a shortage after that woman tries to fit into that costume every day. So now you're calling her fat. It's... No, no, I'm just no. saying that the costume. The costume is a little ridiculous, but it's not. You know, it's, it's okay adorable. because the character's ridiculous and the theory's ridiculous, and it's not going to be a good. It's going to be Wait, Aquaman. Guys, we're all breaking up here. No, no, we're really not. It's it's. If you're hearing breakup, it's only on your end, dude. Because we sound cool right now. Yeah, and we're all breaking up. Yeah. With Adrian Pelicki. <laughs> I, I, I am I'm willing to accept the the spandex. Well, not that. The, what were they? Uh, uh, that stuff that sticks to you. What is it? What was, latex. What are, latex. The latex pants. I'm scared with stars that you know that. The side. As opposed to the bathing suit bottom. I am willing to accept that. And the top, at least they have the gold. And they have... But my problem was that the stuff on it that looked gold literally looked plastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole thing is plastic. Who cares? Well, that's, that's fine stupid. if you're going to rent it for twenty four ninety nine. But if you're on television, it should look a little better than that. I think the Amazons were a little bit better. It's okay. You can also rent her for twenty four ninety five. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh baby. Oh man. No, I just I I don't know. I I I've been down on this project the whole time. I don't think that it's going to be good because I don't think that the character is good, and I think that it's just it's just one more. 
you know, failed superhero television show. It really bothers me that the one female in the DC universe that should be being treated better than this is yep. Wonder Woman. You and know who would really make an awesome Wonder Woman? I have Woman? to agree there. Yeah, I think ultimately it's not really about the costume. I mean, the, the costume has gone through so many transformations over the decades. I think that is very secondary to the fact that I think it's it's something that's being put together by, let's face it, TV marketers. And uh-huh. they're paying less attention to the character of Diana than they are in how awesome she's going to look. I mean, Her name's Diana? I'm going to... Yes, yeah, I'm saying the character. Wow. <laughs> the, the idea that Diana is supposed to be a little aloof, a little above it all. She, she's royalty in exile. She doesn't suffer fools gladly. And this actress that they have cast, uh, you know, while she, of course she looks gorgeous, uh, there's got to be more to it than that. And she has that steely eyed, standard action adventure, I'm going to kick your ass look about her. And that's not what Wonder Woman's about. No, it Thank never you, was. But, but I think Wonder exactly. Woman is about the pouty, pouty lips. <laughs> and she has those pouty, she pouty lips. She does have those. You have to admit that. Now, and you know what? Of pouty it, lips. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. No. No. Not. There we go. Yes. So, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> in addition to her, in addition to Shia LaBeouf's pooty, pouty, pouty lips, um, <laughs> he will also grow horns because Joe Hill's murder mystery entitled Horns is going to be made into a movie. Dear Joe Hill, I, I liked your other book and now I'm going to read this one because now I I'm just, interested. I just finished the I'm, novel Horns and man, I'll tell you. That was so good. There were so many times I wanted to put it down because it was so painful. And I was like, I got to read this. Some of the most three-dimensional characters I've read in years. You know, know, I'm glad to hear that coming from you because I actually care about your opinion. You know how you always have those couple people who are like, oh my god, you have to read this. It was so awesome. And then it's like the worst book you've ever read. And you're like, oh, now I don't want to talk to you for a while. <laughs> and and some people you sort of had a you know a fifty percent success rate where you can sort of be like oh not my thing yep. whatever I, but yeah, you I, guys if you guys like it I have a hundred percent success rate with you guys so I'm, well, I was I mean, gonna say it, I his stuff is really these good. characters are as real as anything in the Golden Compass put it that way Ooh. I've, um, whoa you just I've, you just compared him to Philip Pullman you realize that right <laughs> yes uh, I mean. I've fallen in love with his uh, lock and key. Yes, lock and key. Yes, yes, yes. It's seriously one of the best comics I've ever read, and um, I'm I'm excited about it. The only thing that I'm not excited about is Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh come on, that'll I'm at least be humorous. <laughs> I know what. <laughs> you know what? He was in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. You can only hate him for that for so long. No, also in Transformers, and I can hate him for that forever. Oh, he was in Transformers? I'm sorry, I didn't see that. <laughs> I can... Look, I, I can hate... I mean, okay. Shia LaBeouf is going to be a good actor. Well, Someday. well look at it this way. Let's hope he made like the decision. He's like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he's still someday. He's gonna, gonna be a sucky, stupid kid actor until he reaches middle age and at that point 
he's going to realize how sucky the rest of his career has been, and then he might start making good movies. Or else he's going to end up as a drug addict, you know, in a corner of a Los Angeles, you know, I crack know, I house. Think that he and either way, I'll, I'll read the story about him. I, I think that's true. I think either he made some unlucky, not bad necessarily, but unlucky choices in roles. But think about when he was in Indiana Jones 4, he was brand new. If someone came yeah. up to you and was like, hey, starving brand new actor person, come be in That's Indiana right. Jones with Harrison Ford, would you say no? Hell no, you wouldn't. I don't care who yeah. you are. Well, yep, it's true. I mean, and I'll tell you this. Transformers, no matter what, was going to make a hell of a lot of money. I know. Well, so, uh, I'll say, unfortunately. Ig Parish, the character of Ig Parish, who he's going to be playing, is so well developed in the novel that this is going to be a make or break role for Shia LaBeouf. Either he's going to come out of this as an A list celeb or it's done. He'll be doing no, A list actor. Or he'll be. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you because I think, I think now he's gone through Indiana Jones, which made him a name. And then he's gone through Transformers, which gave him some security financially. And yep. now he can really sit back and say, what do I want to do? Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well, and it was either this or to... Dr. Susan Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> if you talk to uh, Simon Helberg, um, little, the Big Bang Theory, we know what he wants to do. He wants yeah, to do he wants, more he wants Dr. To be you know, and some people are going, why are we doing a version two? Why are we doing episode two? Because it was so damn cool the first time around. Yeah, just, really they better win. just keep it up, though. Like, sequels, there's a reason that most sequels suck. And it's because people drop the ball. Well, and I got to tell you, one of the people who doesn't drop the ball very often is the producer, director, and writer of... Joss Whedon. I know that. I know that. But I, I just, he's got a great thing going with Dr. Horrible, and I don't want him to have, like, the sequel to Dr. Horrible and then have everyone hate it. And then, Right. I, I just yeah. love him too much. I agree. So we're, we're on record right now as saying, Joss, we're with you on this one. Make it as good as the first one <laughs> as so that we can love it as much as we love the first one. Dead Redhead, are you with me? As RuPaul would say, don't fuck it up. That's right. Make it work. <laughs> that that was Tim Gunn. Yeah, it was Tim Gunn. <laughs> and that I know that scares me. <laughs> Another person that we can hope doesn't fuck it up is Oh no, Kevin no, no. I'm wearing out this button, dude. Who is Kevin Costner is getting a chance to not fuck uh, something up by playing Pa Kent in the new Superman movie done by uh, Zack Snyder. I have absolutely no hope for that because everything that Costner has touched lately has not turned out well. But, you know, he's due for something to work. You know, his life sucks. Yeah. Look, I got to tell you, about 10, 15 years ago, yes, I'm old. Thank you. There was a book by David Brin called The Postman. Oh, and, no. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. It was a brilliant book. It was an absolutely Thank brilliant book. The, the book was phenomenal. Bryn is a terrific uh, writer. 
And this it's a wonderful book, look at a, at a dystopian future. As a post-apocalyptic book, it was wonderful, and it was the story of one man and his fight to regain a foothold into sanity. And then they made and a really expensive, sucky movie. <laughs> they made, and they made an absolutely horrible, horrible attempt at a movie of it. Waterworld was not any good uh. anywhere along the way. Uh. So, I mean, you know, he's had chance after chance. Excuse me. Don't even Stop argue it. with me on this one. <laughs> don't, don't even try. You just got he's, smacked down, dude. He's had it was, chance it was better than Mars chance. Attack. <laughs> you, you know oh, wow. Just, no, it wasn't. No, it <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> So the bottom. I think point, what this, uh, this brings about is, is, is kind of the the, the reality that uh, ultimately it, it, the secondary uh, the, the choice of actor is secondary. That even the choice of director is secondary. Uh, it's only as good as the script. And if the script is terrible, then the director gets blamed, or, or like you know Shia LaBeouf will get blamed for his role, or somebody's going to hate whoever's replacing you know Darren Aronofsky for the uh, for the Wolverine two sequel. Ultimately, it has to be. If the script sucks, then there's no salvaging it. No matter if you have Oscar caliber or Shakespearean quality uh, actors and. and uh, I'm sorry. There directors. are certain actors that can save things like that, and they're few and far between. But I'm going to throw out David Tennant. No. He you could. know what? No. He's too David Tennant were given a sucky eyes. script, it'll be a sucky story. But puppy Perhaps eyes. <laughs> no. mm. Oh dear. <laughs> well, well, as far as uh, yeah, <laughs> um, as far as like uh, good scripts to begin with, the Sandman TV oh, series. Oh. Oh. I'm just gonna do the laser between topics now. Is that earlier annoying? this oh. earlier this week, they said no, there's not going to be any Sandman TV Yay. series, and there was a hooray that was heard across the world. And then, okay, now let me ask you a question before before we get to where you want to go with this. Why yeah. was there a hooray involved? Because they were going to get up. Okay, <laughs> let me explain this. I'll explain this as best I can. Hold on. I'm going to explain this. When when old people fall so <laughs> oh boy, you know, <laughs> fall Careful in love now. so much with a piece of fiction, they don't want anyone to touch it because it's theirs. And they gain so much ownership over it that they don't want anybody else to screw with it. Except it's not theirs. And so the person who owns it gets to do whatever the hell they want with it. And they will. And so Neil Gaiman wants to make some money. And so he's going to make a television show. And all the people who are so invested in Sandman, because they had such a deep-seated love, can go screw themselves. <laughs> Just like it's never, never where. Well, There's you just broke up on that word, series. didn't you? Yeah, so yeah, I tried to watch Neverwhere once, and I so got in the first question. 30 seconds, and then I but shut it off. But you see, that that doesn't really answer the question yet. Sorry, I missed it's the question. No word of that. There was a question? No, I, I just stopped talking. Your mom asked a question last night. Yeah, not But that's it. still not answering the question. The question is, you know... A Sandman TV series makes sense. Why yeah. didn't any? Why was there this collective, just collective uh, 
discussion of of literally hate. Hello. Um. Is everyone back? What's going yeah. on? We're having technical difficulties tonight, everyone. My goodness, yeah. what wow. is going on? You know what it is? It's the fact that tonight's the closest the moon has been in 20 years. That's yeah. right. And it's the last full day of winter. The, the I just heard that Something is converging so somewhere, and, um, yeah. Yeah. So, Freaking it's a natural super moon. But that's so, okay, okay because we are we are more powerful than the elements. We are sci-fi Saturday night and this show will continue. Okay, evil <laughs> laugh now. Ooh, ha, ha, ha. Good job. Okay. That was close. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what All bothered right. me this what? week on television is watching fringe. Uh it's Segway laser. <laughs> what bothered you about it, Tom? What bothered me about it was that it still hasn't been renewed, and this was probably oh. one of the best episodes they've ever had. Yeah, screw you, network that fringes on. That would be Fox. <laughs> oh, of course it's Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think it would be any other network but Fox? The show has just gotten better and better and better and better, and it's just like, wow. Uh. Okay, well, screw Fox, but yay NBC. What did NBC do this week that was okay, so Okay, NBC has... And I really want to do a roundup post of shows like this. Shows that are not necessarily science fiction themselves, but homage to the genre all the time. NBC has renewed Community. Okay. <laughs> Community got a lot and of this- press for a really high-profile Firefly reference. And I had no interest in watching Community before that happened. And I only barely had interest in watching it. And I think I was drunk one night and was like, (laughs) eh, it's on, I don't know if it was on Hulu or what, and I was like, let me just watch the first episode. And let me tell you, it was still funny in the morning. Oh my. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Like, I'm sitting here, even when I'm sad, on rainy days, I cannot not giggle through this show. Really? There is one character really? who's devoted, See? his main purpose is movie references. Wow. It's hilarious. That's... For Halloween, him and another character did, I, th- I think it was like Aliens vs. Predators, which is the one where the person's in the big yellow getup. Yeah, that's Aliens vs. I... Predators. That's what I thought. Well, and, it... and the other one was dressed up as the alien queen. It was hilarious. Nice. It was hilarious. On Ow. top of being a really funny show, you know, about a community college, which you'd think would just be depressing, but ends up funny. Wow. <laughs> it, it must be good, because rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Aww. Well, sit down, watch Community, you will laugh your butt off. It is just, you know the guy, the main character is the guy who does the soup, if you watch, like, yes, the Yes, Joel McHale. And... He is just such a douche that it is funny. (laughs) You know, but it works. It's so funny. And, um, uh, what's his name from either Jon Stewart or the Colbert Report is is also on there. One of the British guys. Well, Chevy Chase is on there too, right? And it's actually funny. I was surprised too. That is surprising. (laughs) Chevy Chase really hasn't been funny in about 20 years. He's really funny. He's really, really funny. Wow. Considering his sci-fi claim to fame is the movie Modern Problems. Oh, oh dear. No, no, I know this. But he plays like this eccentric son of a moist towelette dynasty. 
okay? <laughs> and his Buddhist church believes in lasers or something. It, he's in a cult, basically. He's hilarious. I can't even explain it to you. You just have to go and watch it. It is wow. hysterical. Well, wait. Before before we get to the wheel, because we're at that time oh, of the show. Are we there already? Jeez. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Time flies. I do want to get back to the Sandman show for a minute. The the one thing okay. I wanted to say was apparently uh, earlier this week they had said it's going to be it, it's not going to happen. But then it came right back. There was another follow-up article saying not only is it going to happen, but Neil Gaiman is involved. Well, that's the best and you can like, hope for. Well, let's see what happens. I remember I saw Neil Gaiman speak at Northampton Mass, oh God, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth. And he was talking about the uh, how Hollywood was messing with his Sandman scripts. And mm-hmm. like... He was brought in, and he said he was brought into the movie studios, and they're like, what is the Sandman? He goes, well, it starts off with these occultists trying to capture death. And an exec stood up and said, I have a better idea. (laughs) Why Why don't we have a bunch of teenagers in an old house trying to do a seance to find out where their grandfather hid his inheritance? And he goes, that was every Scooby Doo movie. And he goes, huh? Huh? As if to say to Neil, see, aren't I a better writer than you? Wow. Oh, my God. What a douche. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Major douche. I seem to recall that uh, a few years back, Neil Gaiman once said uh, that uh, the only director he would ever conceivably entrust with any of his properties was Terry Gilliam. (laughs) And that included uh, Good Omens as well as The Sandman. Now yeah, I hear absolutely. Good Omens is going to happen now. Good, wait, Good Omens? That was, that was the book about the kid, right? Good Omens, well, it's about <laughs> it's two... It's a kickoff a- on the omen. Well, no, it's a, yeah, that's part of it. There's an angel and a demon that are trying to stop the apocalypse from happening. Okay, you, be, you guys uh, are going to scream at me when I say this, but I've read two Neil Gaiman books now, and I didn't like either of them. And Good Which Omens one? was one oh. of them. American Gods was the other. It's like Frank Miller or... or, or it's like Frank Miller or Alan Moore. He, he, he's a, a magnificent artist, but clearly he's not for everybody. The, the other one that I read was American Gods. I just Oh, just well, that like explains it. it. I hate that book. I just yeah, if, they do good, if they do good omens for the two angels, if anybody's listening, we need to get Tim Curry and David Bowie. I'm just putting that out there, and I'll shut up. Well, no, no, no. It's good because everybody knows... Tim Curry and David Bowie are avid listeners of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Timmy, Dave, well, you think know, about it. Think about it, guys. Get back to us. I'll be happy to broker it for you. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, it's Call time me. to spin the wheel of kittens. Are we, are we doing kittens again? Would you like to do kittens? <laughs> Crap, where did you put kittens? <laughs> Uh, um, kittens. Oh my, kittens! Where did you go? You We're just having good. kittens over oh, this. Oh, here they are. Come on. That was a well, I mean, nobody's won the Wheel of Kittens this week, and well, I'm told it's because 
I keep trying to give away the Wonder Woman collectible and nobody wants it. Yeah, so, so we're retiring that. the it's Wonder Woman last collectible. Week, all of the, our listeners were, were dog owners. Oh, no, I don't okay. think so. And, and, and Tony has made some enemies. if you're listening... If you can, if you can catch a sound clip of Rocco and or what's what's his buddy's name, Max, I think. Max. I forget. Um, if if you can catch a sound clip of them and send them to me, I will add them to the Wheel of Kittens. <laughs> you know what? We do want to we do want to give a shout out to Rocco and Rocco's owner Tony Latempio. Thank you for being such avid supporters of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. But it's mostly I've never Rocco. I've been by a cat before, but this time. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Rob. I was going to say, that's the first time I've ever had a cat comment on something I've written. <laughs> now, wait. now, wait a minute. But like now, before we get into this week's guest, though. Oh, oh yes, yes, well, sorry. Tonight. First of all, how can, how can people win something for just for listening to tonight's episode? Episode? <laughs> it's an episode, kids. And if you like the epi show, make a comment <laughs> comment section after we put the epi show up. In fact, I'm changing the name. We're not calling them epi shows. This is epi show 76, isn't it? Yes. All right. Illustrator oh Reality Abe Vigoda. <laughs> we're, and we're changing Illustrator X's picture to Abe Vigoda. We're going to do that. <laughs> I thought it was dead. Well, it pretty much is. Anyway. If you make a comment on the episode, which is episode 76. <laughs> oh, I'm not letting this one go. You think I'm going to? No, not happening. Not happening. Um, you, could, you could possibly not win the Wonder Woman collectible. <laughs> what, in fact, they will win is uh, uh, a Doctor Who Actually, two Doctor Who graphics made by our guest, and let's reintroduce him, Peter Vinton Jr. Peter, a pleasure Yay! once again. Well, again, thanks for having me on. You, you, you guys have been really good to me uh, in the past couple of years here. So, well, it's uh, let me see. Why is that? Uh, because you do some incredible work, man. And uh, we were just kind of stunned by your work the first time we saw it at Boston Comic Con two years ago. And ever since then, it's you've been really good to us coming on the show when we've asked you to come on. Yes. And uh, and we and and thank you for uh, for participating in our charitable drive last year for Gene Robinson. Yes. We really do appreciate that. And if you didn't, Th that, catch that was that was one of the high points of my life. Actually, uh, high points of my year last year is just you know being able to be on the air with not only Spider Robinson but also Gene. Very briefly, I heard her in the background there. So that that was that was powerful. And to have Mister uh, Robin, uh, Robinson himself tell me that I I nailed the likeness of two of his characters. Uh, that that just that, that makes an artist's heart sing right there when you're told by the creator that, hey, I like how you envisioned my character. That, uh, that there, there are a few things that come close to that. Yeah, you know, the Jews have a term for that. It's called kvelling. Uh, it was, it, and I heard it. I'm serious, and I heard that, and I just kind of went, wow, there cannot be anything better that Spider could have said to you than, than that. And I was just, it, 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 it just felt really good. Yeah, it really was. I don't think and, anyone's uh, eyes stayed dry through that entire show. Oh man, no! I was, 
I was, yeah. I was. Uh, that, that, that was a powerful moment. Yeah. And of course, obviously, you know, follow us some very sad news just a month later. But uh, that, it, it was good that you know science fiction kind of stopped for a minute, and then everybody shared a tear. And which I guess is the whole point of the Callahan's novels is you know we shared pain is uh, is pain lessened. Thus, we refute entropy. Is the saying absolutely, absolutely. And, and oddly enough, it was after that show that we just kind of signed off with that every night from that point onward. Yeah. yeah, and we continue to because we continue to because it it, yeah. it makes as much sense as it did that night. Yeah, that, really and that show was in May of 2010. For our listeners who haven't heard that yet, that was our Robert A. Heinlein uh, tribute episode. And then go to the library and listen to it. But we're talking about you, Peter. What's uh, oh, you got some new projects? Uh, it, it, it's actually been an amazingly busy year. It, it, in, in many respects, it's been the busiest year I've ever had as an illustrator. I've uh, finished two major projects, uh, one for the Comic uh, comic Book Artists Guild, who are putting together their second uh, uh, compilation uh, series of graphic novel, uh, graphic novel called Iconic 2. Uh, Iconic 1 came out about two years ago, uh, and Iconic 2 uh, features uh, different eras uh, in American history, and uh, I was tasked to do one that's uh, right about right around the Steamboat era, you know, the Mark Twain era. Ooh. So th- that was very fun. I, I was uh, I just was brought in as an inker uh, for the original artist. Uh, and uh, just uh, last month, I finished a project for the folks at Free Lunch Comics. Uh, they're the ones who uh, who brought us uh, the Sky Pirates of Valandor, which is gaining in popularity. Uh, and Oh yeah, uh, I did uh, an illustrated short, uh, illustrated story for Chris Jones, uh, and the entire theme of the collection of stories in this uh, uh, graphic novel uh, revolves around the theme of barbed wire. Uh, and this one was about uh, just kind of a coming of age story, a, a, a gangly, uh, uncertain teenager wrestling with his own personal demons who come to life in the form of uh, uh, World War World War One era soldiers uh, tackling each other in the trenches. So that that was a great deal of fun to, to tackle, and that. That gave me the impetus to get going on my own uh, long uh, stalled project uh, called the Monitors Guild, uh, which is a kind of a near future dystopia uh, set in the year 2050. Uh, and I tried to, uh, it was a story that I tried to extrapolate uh, a realistic view of the future. Uh, and then I, I think the, the, the whole appeal of the dystopic uh, science fiction stories, whether you're talking about uh, uh, something as, as bleak as, say, The Terminator, or even something as uh, currently as popular as The Hunger Games, uh, which I understand uh, the lead actress for uh, uh, the character of Katniss Everdeen was just cast this week, it shows that that is a genre that has incredible staying power. Uh, it, it has a tremendous appeal, uh, multi-generationally, and uh, I, I like to think that the the message of reading one of these dark future kinds of stories, uh, it motivates us to try to see what we can do to prevent that future from actually coming to pass. And so this will be my little contribution to that genre. It's funny because I'm, I'm going through uh, some of the Monitor's Guild stuff that uh, mm-hmm. you, you shot over to us, and uh, wow, is it powerful stuff. Well, thank very, you. very, very powerful. I didn't get that email. Uh, actually, you can, uh, if I may, I'll hype my site just for a second here. <laughs> it's uh, it's petervintonjr.com, uh, and it's a subdirectory, a subdirectory called slash monitor.html. So it's petervintonjr.com slash monitor.html. Oh, no, I've seen that. Okay, I thought there was other stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, no. It, yeah, uh, oh, and, and, and that link will the, be with the post as well. well I, I it absolutely will. Yeah. 
Yeah, the first 18 pages I have up, I've actually been shopping it around. A couple of publishers uh, expressed an interest, but they always give me the same advice. Finish the damn story already, so I, <laughs> I got my work cut out for me. Peter, I have some but, advice for you. I'm sorry? I have some advice for you. Self-publish. Yes, Screw the publishing <laughs> houses, you'll make more money. Uh, I, I would, except uh, I, I'm a poor college teacher. So. Don't, no, but <laughs> do, don't self-publish physically. I see what you mean. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and if you yeah. want, if if you don't know your options, we've actually talked to whoa, many, many, many artists, whoa. authors, what have you, about self-publishing. And most of, a good amount of them are very, very positive about it, depending on their approach. So perhaps this is a very long conversation and we could have it at a later time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but the, the, the premise behind the monitors deal, that if I could be allowed to battle about it is for a couple please, of minutes. Oh, uh, please, please, go ahead. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it you're finds, here. <laughs> it, finds its, uh, it finds its roots in a very old high school prank way back in the 80s, uh, when I had a bunch of my buddies who were, frankly, the nerdy sci fi e kind of crowd in our high no. school. got in a little bit of trouble for posting uh, Big Brother-ish type posters of a, of a bald and sunglassed scary looking figure uh, in every corridor and every uh, intersection and on the lockers and outside the principal's office and invoking that, oh, Big Brother is watching, Big Brother is watching. And we got in a little bit of trouble for it. Twelve of us got suspended. So it is, oh, well, let's, let's make some fun out of it. And uh, I, I just, the, the story kind of took off from there. It's been through many permutations, but ultimately the uh, the story behind it is the fact that uh, there is an encroaching state and all, an encroaching uh, authority figure that is, frankly, looming in so many ways. We, we, we see it in so many alarming ways, even looking at today's headlines. And I wanted to extrapolate that to a realistic view of the year 2050, and it's going to parallel the six years of the American Revolution. And uh, the prologue, which is already available online, uh, is the uh, analog to the Boston Massacre. And I, I even said it physically in the city of Boston. And then each of the successive uh, six chapters will correspond to one year of the American Revolution. So 1775 all the way to 1781. Uh, some paralleling events that way. And ultimately, uh, it, it does. there's an instigated revolution that uh, does break away from the all-powerful state. And the Declaration of Independence kind of has to go through a bit of a renewal uh, uh, and uh, grounded in much more modern-day principles. So I'm hoping to turn it into a history lesson uh, and, and one dearly hopes uh, keeping an entertaining uh, story with engaging characters at the same time yeah it's uh it's definitely there uh you know it's one of those things where uh, you, you, it's such a tease having just that little bit up and nice going by the way in doing that well and, thank you uh, thank you very much and i you know it's just one of those where i can understand why a publisher looking at this would go uh where the hell's the rest of it <laughs> don't, was don't encouraging. That, that, that like was this. very encouraging <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh and as someone who's a voracious reader uh you know i'm waiting <laughs> so tiktok let's go yeah let's move <laughs> all right okay get on that will you yeah, need need to carve out some more time. Well, I, I have the uh, the next probably the next forty or so pages pretty much sketched out, blocked out. I know exactly how they're going to go. So it's just a matter of inking the heck out of the darn things and keeping it <laughs> realistic. Now, I did notice that also on your uh, on your website, you have uh, an interesting sale going on right now. The Joss Whedon yes. Love Fest. 
<laughs> yep, again, if you go to my site, petergrivenjr.com, uh, and you click on the On Sale link, <laughs> you'll see for yourself there right at the top row, uh, I have what's going on right now is the Joss Whedon Love Fest 3 for 2 special. Uh-huh. Uh, I, yeah, I, I did a portrait of Captain Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly, uh, Dr. Horrible from, you know, Dr. Horrible, uh, and uh, a portrait of Felicia Day uh, uh, casting the shadow of her character from the Guild. I figured you know, the three of them, I mean, the, there's a portrait of the three of them together. I said, that, that's more awesomeness than a single portrait, I think, should realistically be allowed to contain. So <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm uh, selling it. It's a three-for-two deal. So <laughs> I saw that Felicia Day picture right after I listened to Do You Want to Date My Avatar again, and it's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Pretty awesome. If you haven't heard that song, you need to. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, totally. But even for your non-Joss Whedons, I see, like, you've got a little Micronauts love going on there. Is that Oh, you recognize him, yep. Oh, yeah. Like I say, nerd from way back. Before there was the Transformers, you know, before Shia LaBeouf was a gleam in anybody's (laughs) eye. Oh, yeah. I was like, and you might have noticed that, that, that I did a picture of Tony Stark as well, having a bit of a meltdown issue. And I will confess that I was inspired to draw that one when I was actually on a cruise. I was just celebrating my 20th anniversary. Congratulations! Oh, well, thank you, thank you. And I was inspired by this when I saw somebody staggering uncertainly down the hallway, and I realized, wait, we're in port. The ship is not rolling and pitching. So, <laughs> he reminded me of Tony Stark. And next thing I know, I'm drawing this poolside. So, See, after seeing the so Micronauts and Rogue, uh, I would think Tony's mad because his Shogun Warriors got broken, but, you know, the old school sci-fi <laughs> guy. <I think. laughs> yeah, that might well have been it. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, 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 it's fun watching his issues uh, still uh, evolve. <laughs> oh, nice. So, you but know, yeah, that, every... Yeah. I was just going to say, tell us a little bit about the comic artist guild that you're part of. Uh, I've actually been part of them for about two years. Uh, they were gracious enough to uh, uh, let me uh, camp out with them at uh, Big Apple Con uh, two years ago uh, at Wizard World. Uh, and that's actually where I got the practical advice from uh, a couple of publishers. Uh, and it's, 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 it's a wonderful networking organization. Uh, and uh, they, they simply uh, said, oh, well, we got a project for you. Do you want in? And I said, absolutely. Drawing Mark Twain-era stuff and uh, riverboats and gamblers? Sure, why not? Awesome. It ended up being a detective story. Uh, uh, so uh, not a trace of science fiction elements in it. But the uh, original artist who had sketched it out uh, tried to make a point of populating it with uh, the popular... Uh, film and radio stars of the day. So if you look at it, it looks like a, 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 a dream list of, uh, you know, of uh, popular stars from the, ten, from the teens and the 20s and the 30s. Uh, it's like, imagine an all-star cast that includes, uh, like a, everybody, including the Three Stooges, I might add. <laughs> you know, and, and all the silent film stars uh, from the 20s, uh, and even a very, very young uh, uh, punk teenage-looking Clark Gable. So. <laughs> no. Wow. My goodness. Uh-huh. Any Errol Flynn? Pardon? Any Errol Flynn? Uh, Errol, uh, Errol Flynn actually appears on a wanted poster in a police office, uh, in a police <laughs> precinct. <laughs> Why, is Captain Blood? Or? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it has kind of a Robin Hoodish thing about it there, you know, just like the sort of thing that uh, I think the, the sheriff of Nottingham would have posted, so I think it was an in joke. Nice. Like, it's, uh, Errol Flynn on a wanted poster. God, I love that movie. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. One thing I, I love about you, Peter, you, you, you are so tied into the classics. I mean, 
What was it? You were it's like a year ago. We were at a convention. You were telling me that someone commissioned you for a Leela. <laughs> oh and dear Lord! Yes, yeah. this 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 was, this was a, a funny incident. <laughs> the, the story was uh, that uh, an individual walked up to me. I was doing character sketches, and I was doing mostly superheroes. I think I've done about eighty-five trillion uh, Wolverines and Spideys. <laughs> and I, a young man walked up to me and asked if I could draw a Leela. And I had just been in a very uh, heated Doctor Who-related conversation with my neighbor at the next table. So I assumed he meant Tom Baker's uh, companion from the late 70s. So I sketched out uh, Leela. (laughs) Sketched her out in a typical pose, holding the knife wrong, everything, which was such a signature move. And uh, The uh, would-be customer came back about 45 minutes later, sort of blown and said, that's not Leela, and walked away. Then I realized, oh, it's one eye too many. <laughs> wrong Leela. <laughs> Got the hair color wrong, too. <laughs> Jeez. No. No, I would have wanted the warrior of the civet team, man. <laughs> hey, speaking of doctor, what do you think of the new doctor? You're such a Doctor Who fan, uh, I mean... I, I have I have yet to I have not seen a new doctor so brought in with such tender loving care and such superior writing and direction and performances. Uh, I, I, Matt Smith uh, it was like destined for greatness just by virtue of the fact that he picked the role. But uh, I've been very impressed with his performance first season here. I hope he sticks around for a good long time. Yeah, I think we all do at this point. You know, it's it's one of those things where you. The, the newest incarnation has been, we're into season six now, is that correct? And we're on our third Doctor, and I'm the one thing that really is beginning to bother me is the lack of continuity in, in, the, in the faces more than anything else. All three, Eccleston was terrific, he lasted one season, Tennant was wonderful, he lasted three, and now Smith is on his second season. Oh, I'd like to yep. see, yes. Tenant was more than three seasons. Tenant was three Wasn't seasons. He... That was it. He Are did three regular serious? seasons at the end of the year of, uh, of a holiday specials. So I guess technically it would count as four years. But uh, you know, the, the idea that Doctor Who would have on a temporary hiatus, I'm thinking to myself, I'm okay with any show going on temporary hiatus. If it takes that long to write some really good scripts and bring in some That's really good true. performances, take a year off. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> but you know what? BBC does that. American television doesn't. American television takes a no. show, puts it on hiatus, and comes back, and then goes, right, here's the crap we had left over, because we decided uh, to kill it. And literally, exactly. that's what they've done, and it's ridiculous. He's I'm terrified that something like that would happen to the Sandman. <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay. I'm in pain. <laughs> hey, Peter. What, um, now, you're going to be one of the featured artists at the Boston Comic Con coming up. Um, yep, I'll be at Boston Comic Con. I'll be there both days. Uh, so by all means, drop on by and say hello, and I'll uh, I'll talk up uh, <laughs> I'll talk up Sci-Fi Saturday night uh, with a, a sincere smile on my face. <laughs> uh, you're a wonderful human being, Peter, and we love you. But the reality is, they'll come by and they'll look at your stuff and they'll go, "Holy crap, this stuff is beautiful!" Because frankly, your work is really amazing, and it's just wonderful to see. What what new pieces are you bringing with you to Boston this year that we haven't seen yet? Uh, I've actually got quite. A, uh, I've got a few uh, actually on display on my site right now. As a matter of fact, uh, I, again, I haven't been as busy with my own personal projects uh, as much as I'd like, but uh, I'll certainly have uh, 
uh, some preview uh, panels of the uh, of the barbed wire project that I'm doing for Free Lunch Comics, uh, and I'll have some of the panels on display uh, the, for the project I was doing for the Comic Book Artists Guild, uh, both of whom have been just wonderful to me. Uh, I uh, the uh, folks at Free Lunch Comics put out a, uh, a calendar this year uh, featuring all the primary and secondary characters from Sky Pirates of Valandor. And, they were gracious enough to make me uh, to uh, allow me to do uh, Miss August, <laughs> one of the secondary Woo! characters. Now wait a second! Now wait a second! A, I can a rock swear, and babe. So <laughs> we we love free lunch comics, and and they also love us. Dom, do we have any Sky Pirates swag left in our box of stuff? You know what? I think we do. Maybe we should just toss that in t- for the prize for this week as well. Absolutely. <laughs> because every Absolutely. time I every time I pass their booth, they throw something at me. <laughs> I know. A notebook yeah, I know. or a calendar or a postcard, well, pens. They're awesome. And you know yeah. what? Just yeah. the oh, fact yeah. that yeah. Re- we see them. them yeah. But just the fact that yeah, we sorry. see them at every show we you know we do, these yeah. guys are working it. They, they deserve, do. you know, you know, please, by all means, folks, oh, yeah. check out. Yeah. Yeah, they're very much the real deal. They 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 they, uh, they devote a lot of love and attention to this art form. And as any comic book artist will tell you, you don't get rich in this field, but uh, that that somehow never related seems to matter. Because you get <laughs> we so can't much all be love. Alan Moore or <laughs> you get paid in love. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. But as the saying goes, too much of anything, Lieutenant, even love, is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> well, it's just the trick is to pay the rent with it. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm happy just to fill up my gas tank an extra uh, time a month. But yeah, we hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and and on, on filling up the gas tank, no, Peter, it has been an absolute wonderful pleasure to have you with us again. We love having you on the show. We love seeing you at cons. We're going to see you at Boston. We hope you'll be able to come up and do Granite Con as well. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks for having me. This has been wonderful. You, you guys have been great to me. So uh, let's, 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 let's keep on sharing the love, and let's, let's draw Absolutely. in some more fans. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, awesome. Love having you on, Peter. Hey, and we'll see you in a month or so, right? That's right. Yes, I will see you uh, in exactly one month. Yay! April 30th and May 1st. That is... All right, that sounds like the coming up calendar. Well, next week, folks, two guests, two projects, one interview. Author Mike Moretti returns with artist Monty Borer to plug the graphic novel Quarantine and their new series, Hoax Hunters. Then on April 9th, Austin Comic Con artist and creator of Strangers in Paradise and Echo, Terry Moore. Woo! Woo! <laughs> That'll be fun. Okay, I think we lost Illustrator X here. Oh no! Did we lose him? Cause, cause we sound fine right now, but I can't hear Illustrator X at all. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to do about that. Um, pretend we set the coming up calendar, guys. I'm, I'm gonna shut the music off and see if that brings back Illustrator X. All right. He, he may. Can you hear me? Only kind yeah. of. Wow, you just dropped down to nothing. Yeah, what happened? Well, the music just cranked up, and suddenly you guys are emailing me messages like, you're quiet. I'm like, well, sorry. <laughs> well, see, this, this is funny. This is same place. I haven't moved from anything. I've made sure, well. This is really weird, any- because when Dom and I are talking over the music, it sounds normal. 
It sounds like normal talking over music, and we didn't always have this problem. So mm, let me it, let me try you know, something really quick here. We're gonna do some technology on the fly. Okay. Wow. Is Peter still there? Because we want to try to get a bump from him before he leaves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Peter. Hang on. All right. Peter? All right. Hang yeah, on. We're still Peter? on the we're air and, and recording, everybody. So let's try this one more time. All righty. <laughs> Uh, next week, two guests, two projects, one interview. Author Mike Morecci returns with artist Monty Borer to plug their graphic novel Quarantined and their new series Hoax Hunters. Then on April 9th, Boston Comic Con artist and creator of Strangers in Paradise and Echo, Terry Moore. <laughs> April 16th, the grill Colin Solon with your questions, quests, and then on April 23rd, filmmaker Thomas Gofton returns to celebrate the conclusion of the series Mind's Eye. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con, coming up on April 30th, and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is one of the official podcasts of the Granite State Comic Con, coming up on May 15th. Check out AnotherHeaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs, and visit AdamsMedia.com, the first name in non-fiction publishing. Tonight's outro music was provided by Zanoise. Pick up Briefly. their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome... Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> okay, okay, hang on, guys. I've tried something else, and... Okay. Just just try talking. And I want to thank our guest tonight, Peter Vinton, who will be joining us at Boston Comic Con, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing all of you there. Drop by, see Peter, drop by, and see us. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you for all that you do. Oh, I have, like, Albert Einstein frizzy hair right now from dealing with this. <laughs> <laughs> from the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Good night to everybody who can hear us. We can hear you. We can hear you just fine. Uh, you know, it's like what they said about Van Gogh. Here today, gone tomorrow. And this is Dom saying, Genie. Shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Get off my bridge! Yep.